It's time to step into the more that God has for you. This is Eunice Lai, and I would like to welcome you to today's episode of Beyond the Building with Laura Pereno and Debbie Kiever of the Beyond Women's Conference. Hi, this is Debbie Kiever letting you know that starting in January, I'll be teaching an online ladies' Bible study called Kingdom Woman based on the book written by Tony Evans and Crystal Evans Hurst called Kingdom Woman. If you'd like to learn more about this online Bible study and be part of it, you can email me at debbie at debbiekeeverministries.com. Well, welcome back to Beyond the Building podcast. This is Debbie Kiever. I have Laura Perino with me, and we are in this month of January called Frozen. And I don't know about you, Laura, if it even gets uh, freezing down there in Tennessee, but <laughs> even today as we're about to record, uh, it's supposed to be the big snowstorm of Delaware, which means there's no bread and we'll probably only have two inches <laughs> of snow. But on a serious note, today's topic is is a heavy one. This is a, a topic that um, I will say, Laura, this was probably the number one teaching that made an impact in my life in relationships. And the teaching is on forgiveness. Mm. You know, we've been talking about um, the importance of being obedient to the Lord and how it unlocks those places in our lives that get frozen, that get locked up, where we are unable to um, have healthy relationships, not only with God, but with each other um, and, and within ourselves, right? To really be able to walk out the purpose that God has called us uh, to walk. And so this area of grace and forgiveness, um, I heard this teaching. Oh my goodness. My kids were two years old and five years old, and it was a life changing for me. It began to unlock Mm. some relationships that I felt like had been stuck, Mm -hmm. really, really stuck. And I, in earnest, had really tried to change them over the years. Um, But, you know, you hit a point where you're like, I I just kind of give up. I just resolved myself, resigned myself to the fact that this is not going to improve. And so as God in his kindness towards me, put me in touch with a teaching um, called Grace and Forgiveness by Pastor John and Carol Arnott. Uh, They used to pastor a church up in Canada. And I literally um, have invested, I've bought over 600 of this small book. That's how much of an impact it made because it took the teachings of Jesus about forgiveness and it reframed uh, in my thinking, in my living to really align more with (laughs) what he really did for me. You know, forgiveness comes ultimately out of what Jesus Christ did for us first. And we are compelled to then extend forgiveness and grace to other people. So as we get into this topic, um, you know, as a form of introduction, I think every one of us has lived through moments where we have been really, really hurt by somebody else. Yes. Uh, It's it's not something that we can say that's never happened to us. And I heard a phrase, um, and I know that you and I both said this, that hurting people hurt people. That's right. Doesn't that change the way you look at other people, Laura? You know, where you're like, why are they being so mean? Absolutely. Somebody was probably mean to them. Absolutely. So being hurt and us hurting other people, right? Let's just own that piece, right? Is inevitable. It's but more. What's more and critical is what is our response to the hurt? That's right. That's what I'm going to be held accountable for. I'm not going to be held accountable for how somebody else has hurt me. I'm going to stand before God one day and have to answer. How did I respond? That's right. And my response today 
lines me up for how how God can move or he won't move That's in, right. in those areas of my relationship. It can set a, me on a course that leads either to healing or destruction. And we see this not only in our personal lives, we see it in our relationships, in our family, in our churches, in our country. But we want to set ourselves up biblically with that model of Jesus so that we can have healing, have restoration uh, in those areas of our life that have been so locked up and frozen. That's right. And you know, Debbie, even as you were just sharing that, I think we're in a time where we we have so many more opportunities to be offended or get in a situation where we need to offer forgiveness mm-hmm. um, or maybe we need to be forgiven as well because we have so much more access to people and opinions and people say things flippantly on social media. Uh, if I feel like when our worlds were smaller with the amount of people that we connected with on a daily basis, Um, we may not even have realized how much we hold inside of us because we had fewer opportunities, perhaps, to have an offense against us. But now you can't help but turn on Facebook or Instagram or any of these other social media things, and immediately you can be offended by multiple things that people say or do against you or not even meaning to do it against you, but you take the offense personally. And so we have... I just think when you say hurting people hurt others, we can be hurt every time we look at social media. And then what are we going to do? We're going to use our social media platform in order to hurt other people. I feel like it's just a a perpetual thing that we are on on a daily basis with multiple different people rather than maybe what it used to be with just a few close people. And it's not just what offends us. It's what offends us when it hurts somebody that we love. Exactly. 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 So I think that to this concept of forgiveness, we also are living in an age where, um, you know, as kingdom citizens of the kingdom of God, we live in a different uh, mindset, a different heart set, if you could call it that, than the kingdom of the world does. And so while the kingdom of the world might say that we don't need to offer others forgiveness because it was an offense against us. The kingdom of God says something very different. And so we need to be offering forgiveness for these offenses that have happened. It's just a a different mindset that we have to get ourselves into. I think we're so conditioned in this day and age that we put those walls around ourselves in order to keep ourselves from being hurt. But maybe those walls are also those places where we find ourselves frozen because we stay hidden behind this strong facade that, you know, we are not going to be offended and we are going to be the ones to offend instead. You have so many walls that protect you, right? Quote, Mm -hmm. protect you. Mm -hmm. You end up with a lot of people lonely behind Mm -hmm. their very protective walls. And they wonder why they struggle to have connection with other people, you know, to be vulnerable, to have somebody that's a safe place because you can't have that intimate relationship with another person when you're standing behind a wall that you have erected that is to protect you it actually just isolates you yeah and when we have those walls what we say is i don't have any walls i don't i haven't built a wall i'm fine i'm very accessible i'm very close but the problem is that sometimes other people can see it but often we hide it well and when i've thought about this topic of unforgiveness you know I can think back, and and honestly, I think these are things that we have to take to the Lord every single day, but how many times, uh, you know, I feel God pulling at my heart even speaking about this, about 
uh, things that I need to continue to pray into the forgiveness aspect with. But how many times, you know, do these red flags come up in our hearts or our minds? And these are the things that we need to recognize when when this happens. It's a wall. It's a red flag. But how many times have you, has uh, somebody's name come up or something's come across Facebook and something just grabs you on the inside. You know, mm-hmm. there's that nudge of the Holy Spirit and mm-hmm. and you kind of say, oh, I, I've already forgiven them. Like, that, it can't be unforgiveness. I just, I just, um, you know, there's got to be another reason for why I feel that way because I've already forgiven them. Or how many times are we in a room with somebody and we realize or we start to recognize, and this is honestly, and we talk about this all the time, where we need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. You know, we start to feel like we are uncomfortable around another person and and we can't figure out why, or let's be real, like maybe we do know why, but we just, we're not going there, right? Mm-hmm. So when when we find these triggers of strong emotions going off in us when we're in the presence of other people, when we see somebody else's social media post um, and there's just a, an anger that's sparks inside of us or a frustration or jealousy or fear or insecurity. Anytime these things start sparking inside of us, it's kind of a red flag. Like there's still an issue here. This is not resolved. It's an unresolved issue um, that needs to be dealt with. I think I would call myself for the most part, a very positive person. But when God has dealt with me on some of these areas of unforgiveness, I discovered that I can be very, very positive. But when I get around the person that Mm. I have not had like full healing in this area of forgiveness. I get critical. I get negative. Like, like it's just, there's this funky cloud over me. I'm like, where did that come from? And I know now that it was coming from, there was a place in my heart that had not been able to um, forgive. And I, how about this? A person that, you know, I'm friends with everybody except for that one person, you know? (laughs) Oh yes. So what is the issue? Why, why can I love the guy on the street? Yeah. But not that one person that offended me way back that I thought I had dealt with it already, but you know, don't ask me to do something nice for them because I I don't have it in me. There's a problem. That's like a red flag. Yeah. You know, and this all goes back to really, it makes me think about my shoulder, to be honest with you, because, oh, I can move freely. I'm good. I just can't do X. And so I stop doing X. Right. And I end up in a place where I can't move at all because I have just decided that this isn't the reality. It's not my reality. And so I find myself in a very bad place. Wow. I love the fact that God allows us to have these uh, opportunities, these emotions in order to identify that there is a problem when we go to his word and we can see it. But I think also, uh, you know, we all want to say that we are generous people and I would want to say that I would give the shirt off my back, right? For almost anyone when I hear myself say things like that or, oh, you know, somebody needs help and, and I will get up at 5 30 in the morning to help this person but when I hear somebody else needs help I'm like oh brother it's you know, a duty it, it's a yeah, tour exactly like all of a sudden we got to come back and we got to evaluate I'm having a there's a painful place here and I've got to move past it um it, why do we find ourselves even after we say we have forgiven somebody if we find ourselves still angry hurt and resentful we got to ask ourselves this question like why if I say I've already forgiven this person Am I finding myself angry, hurtful, and resentful? And if we all go back to how you started this podcast or this episode, you said we forgive because Jesus forgives, right? Jesus has forgiven us. He's not, he doesn't carry anger toward us, right? Or or resentment toward us. When he forgives us, it's final. And that's the way we need to move into it. But 
we can find when we are experiencing all of these emotions that we really just discussed, like, why do we still have these emotions when we say we're forgiven? It's because the forgiveness that we're extending, the forgiveness that we're say we have given, it's incomplete. It's, it's not enough. It's not deep enough. We haven't gone to the deep level. You can take the example of an onion and an onion has multiple layers, right? Forgiveness has multiple layers because we know some of these hurts are really, really deep. And so it's like we have to take one layer off at a time. And each layer coming off uh, makes uh, you cry. Makes you cry. Right. <laughs> but at the same time, it feels like you're getting someplace, mm -hmm. but all because you're getting someplace you haven't gotten to the full, deep extent of forgiveness. And that's where these deep teachings of Jesus really take us. If we don't take those layers off all the way, what we find is unforgiveness becomes a generational thing in our family. And I think even, you know, thinking about Christmas, maybe our Christmases don't look the same. Maybe all the people that uh, throughout the year we might harbor something against aren't going to be at the table with us this year. But and maybe you're going, yay! Yeah, okay, that's, that's a, red flag. a red flag. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But how often do have you or or me or anybody spoken against in July somebody who's going to be at the table in December, right? And your right. kids have heard that. Then automatically your kids have taken on that perspective on that person at the table, and that person at the table may have never offended your child. But that child is going to grow up with, oh, we don't associate with that person except for on Christmas because they did X. The offense wasn't even toward the child, but now the child can't forgive. Like if that is the way that we uh, are are living and operating, not in complete forgiveness, our kids are going to pick up on it. It is going to go from generation to generation. It revisits us the rest of our lives. And unfortunately, it will continue in our children and our children's children. And we certainly don't want that to happen. You know, we want to cut it off at the root and move and operate in forgiveness. But on the flip side, Laura, the beautiful healing that takes place generationally mm. when we own what we have done. That's right. right. We may be the recipient of maybe our parents or our grandparents' issues, but how we respond to this teaching of Jesus today, yep. that's on us. Yep, that's you know, right. And our children and our children's children will be impacted by by how we respond to this. That's right. So, so we on the flip side, right, we can choose to walk in the, there's going to be two layers of forgiveness that we're going to talk about today. And it can break off those frozen chunks around our heart that, that really keep us from being able to love the people yep. that God has called us to love. So, right. so we can be the difference maker, right, for the generations that follow us. So much of this, like you mentioned, it comes back to who forgave first. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's Jesus. Everything is going to come out of that basis that Jesus made that step to forgive us first when we didn't even know that we had walls. We didn't even know that we had. That's right. Defense. That's right. Uh, even before we were born. Right. He made the decision to come to live on this earth, to take our our sins that we weren't even owning. Right. Taking our sins on himself to the cross and pay and satisfy that that wrath of God, that penalty. That's where it started. And how often do we just we just sin casually, right? We're not even really caring about. There's not a big a deal about this. But if we could see those choices from the lens of eternity, what we had coming towards us in hell, we should not be flipping about that. Yeah, and you know, even thinking about the fact that 
what we may have multiple people in our lives that we have to forgive, right? Oh. Jesus, how many billions of people have walked this planet? Mm-hmm. How many offenses he had to forgive, and yet he did not hold one against anyone. <laughs> that is striking just right there. We have been forgiven so much when we are asked to forgive one person, you know, we make it a big deal. And yet it's so minimal compared to what the Lord did for us. It really frames it. I think that's like you're saying, comparing it. What, what did Jesus do? Mm -hmm. And what do I need to do? Mm -hmm. You know, it's an understanding of two words there. They sound similar, right? In terms of their meaning, but they're different. Mercy is when I don't get what I deserved. You know, God's mercy towards me was that I deserved uh, eternal separation from God. I deserved hell. I deserved to have that no intimacy with my creator. And because of his mercy towards me, I didn't get what I really truly deserved. Mm -hmm. That's mercy. Grace, on the other hand, is getting what I don't deserve. Grace is a gift, right? It means gift. It means like here, I'm giving you this present. You didn't earn it. You don't deserve it. But because out of my love for you, I desire to give you this gift. That is what, that's what grace is. I mean, I think there's going to be some gifts under people's trees given <laughs> to some people that maybe didn't really earn it <laughs> this year. Mm, but yes, still, yes. And that's when the parents yes. are like, I could take this back. I could take it back <laughs> in a heartbeat. Maybe, maybe some parents have already given the gift away. <laughs> yes, yes. But he looks at us and he, he sees that we don't deserve it. But that's because... Right. He has, his mercy has put us in a position where we have our sins forgiven. We can be in right standing before God, his righteousness that's been placed upon us. That's his mercy. And now the gift, the gift of forgiveness repeatedly, right? Because we keep needing to ask for forgiveness. That gift of his presence, that gift of his Holy Spirit, that gift of his kindness, all of that is something we don't deserve, but he's freely giving it to us. That's right. You know that? Really reminds me when you were saying that there was a moment after uh, the robbery that I, I share about quite often because it was a pivotal moment in my life and my journey. And in your I, book. And in my book, and yes. In your book. <laughs> this is true. Um, there was a moment, there was a necklace that Dan had given me years and years before. And I remember when he gave me that necklace, just being overwhelmed because it was such a great gift, you know. And I just remember being overwhelmed with somebody loved me that much and it wasn't the value necessarily of the necklace it was somebody chose that for me and somebody gave me that gift after the robbery that that gift that necklace was gone and I just thought that forever it would be a picture in my mind and I remember one day when Dan came home and he called me to to go into the bathroom with him and stand in front of the mirror and close my eyes and he had purchased the same necklace and um he put it around my neck and told me to open my eyes. And when I saw what I hadn't deserved the first time, an extravagant gift that I never expected to come my way the first time, when I saw it on my neck the second time, mm. I started to cry. And he, he was like, why are you crying? I thought you'd be happy because something <laughs> that was lost, you have, you have the same thing again. And you know, I wanted to bless you that way. And I, I remember saying to him, I did not deserve this gift the first time you gave it to me. And I feel so unworthy of it the second time. And that maybe there's a piece in that forgiveness with this too, because we are extended forgiveness. 
you know, when others extend us forgiveness and then we fail again and they forgive us again, there's just something that, that contrite, that broken and contrite spirit, right? That, that wants to cry out because we're overwhelmed with the mercy and the grace of when God continues to forgive us. I'll never forget that moment when I felt so undeserving to have that, that gift given to me a second time. And wow, how many times does God forgive us? You know, and then there's the 70 times seven. If I had had that necklace stolen 70 times seven time and God, I mean, Dan continued to give it back to me. I can't imagine the response that would be there. But there is something about that. The fact that we don't deserve what we're given. And when we're given it once, we're overwhelmed. But when we're given it twice, mm-hmm. and then we're given it 490 plus times. It is pretty amazing. It's really important not to forget that God gave it to us in the beginning. Yeah. Um, because we can get very self-focused, very in the present focus that we're forgetting what he has done in the past. And I mean, think of, uh, think of when as a parent, you give a wonderful present to your child and then a number of months go by and uh, they're upset with you about, you know, people say things when they're upset and they make some kind of comment about you've never done anything nice for me. Yes. Yes. You're just, yes. You're just staring like, yes, Did you really just say that. Yes. You know? yes. But we do the same thing with God. Absolutely. You know, and it's coming out of a place of very self-focused and we need to go back. That's why you like never take casually that Easter story, you know, go back to what the cross meant. Mm-hmm. Go back to what the scriptures say. What did I have coming for me? And what did he go through? That's right. Know? That's right. Uh, it's, it's just such an important, it's important to remember that. You know, one of the key passages, there's a lot of passages on forgiveness, but one of the key ones we're going to look at is is coming right from Jesus's teaching in Matthew 18. The passage is the 21st verse to the 35th. They call it the unmerciful servant. And we're not going to read it straight through. Um, you can do that, Matthew 18, 25 to 30, 21 to 35. But in there, G- Peter asks the question, like, how many times should I forgive? Right. And Jesus gives gives his answer. And it's like, it's beyond. You have to forgive so much more than you, uh, than you think is enough. It really goes to show that Peter didn't really understand what grace meant. Because mm-hmm. if you really understood what grace meant, then you wouldn't be asking the question, all right, do I, is seven times enough? Right. right. You know, that means on number eight, I can call it a day and just be mad at you. It really means he doesn't understand. Right. And boy, looking at the future part of Peter's life, right? He is about to really learn what Mm -hmm. grace is about. But at this place in his life, he hasn't walked that road yet. So he really doesn't understand. And I think a lot of times we find ourselves in that place we haven't walked it yet where we yep. really grasp what that grace means. And in this story, Jesus says there was a master who forgave a man um, debt. And now the debt, the amount that was described, it's like 20 years of your job. Mm. That's a big, That's huge. big chunk of change. That's right. And so he's begging, please don't like, I can't pay it, you know, because the option would be to throw be thrown in jail and say, well, pay it. Well, you can't come out till you pay it. Well, how are you supposed to pay it back when you're in jail? So anyhow, the master <laughs> hears the begging of this man and he forgives the debt. Like he wipes it away from this man and he walks free. I mean, just that. Can you might put yourself in those shoes? No, amazing. Like what amazing. kind of what kind of um loan did you take out? Yes, right. You know, that it's impossible to be able right. to fill. And now when the people look up your name, there is no loan against you. Mm. That is that is just amazing. It but really then is. he leaves. And he runs across another man on the street who owes him an amount that's equivalent to one day of labor. 
Now let's put the scales together. 20 years versus one day. And he flips out on this guy. Why won't you pay? And he's angry and he has has this man carted off to jail and you won't get out until you pay this up. Well, some observers bring this information back to the master who is furious with with what he's hearing. I mean, wouldn't you be? I'd be like, do you have, you have a concept of what I just released you yes, from? Yes. And you are, you know, dickering over one day worth of salary. Yes. So let me read to you in 32. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant. There's some strong language. He mm. said, I canceled all of that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have shown mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he could pay back all that he owed. Yeah. You know, if you look at the story, the amazing thing is he was forgiven. He was free. But in going with unforgiveness, he forfeited the blessing that came with the forgiveness that he had received. It's like everything that was to come to him came back on him because he continue decided to walk in unforgiveness it's one of these things that just doesn't even make sense when we read it like this and yet we do it we put ourselves right back in our original place as if we weren't forgiven the penalty that will come with that place of unforgiveness when we have been forgiven if we don't walk in unforgiveness it all just goes together we've been forgiven we are to forgive, but when we choose not to forgive, we are living as if we hadn't been forgiven at all, putting ourselves right back in that original place. You know, the servant's huge debt was canceled after he begs for mercy, but he forfeits every bit of what he had been released from because he refused to cancel a much smaller debt that was owed to him. But verse 35, Deb, is really the punchline, right? This is it. This is this part blows my mind. Yeah, it, it is. This is this is the wow because the story you know looks like it's all about the merciful servant, but of course Jesus always brings it back to us. Praise God. He says, "This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you." Put yourself <laughs> in the unmerciful servant's part, right? Unless you forgive your brother or your sister from your heart. And I think when we're talking about the onion, a lot of layers, we can maybe mm -hmm. forgive in our mind. We can forgive in our emotions. We can forgive even in our will-ish, you know. But if we are not forgiving from the center of the onion, from our heart, then Jesus is saying, you are right back there like the unmerciful servant who owes the 20 years worth of wages because you chose not to forgive someone a small offense. And let's put it into perspective. The things that offend us, they can be very huge. They can be monumental things that we need to forgive. But in the grander perspective, what we have been forgiven is the 20 years. Mm -hmm. And what we are being asked to forgive is the day. No matter how painful, no matter how big it is, it cannot equate to what we have been forgiven. Jesus has given us a pretty big charge there, you know? Got to forgive from your heart or you're putting yourself right back there where you started. I mean, just picture that. Let's say, let's say today, right? I mouth off at somebody, even in my thinking, right? Even in my thinking, I'm mouthing off 
and it's uh, this critical something critical comes out of my out of my person that's wrong and I'm not dealing with it but people may say well that's not such a big deal you know in in the light of everything else that's really not a big deal Debbie but I'm not I'm not fixing that issue well it grows anything that you allow to remain just grows and then there the conflict between me and that person the next time is already at an escalated level because I've primed the pump because something has already been in place so we want to we want to deal with the things that are quote small so that we don't allow them to grow I think back to that podcast that you did with your air conditioner and not allowing that with that wet towel that you kept yes, in place yes, and started yes, yes. to grow we have got mm-hmm. to, that was in the righteousness the, that's right you know the breastplate right. of righteousness yeah I was listening to you I was paying attention <laughs> but that that idea of don't let it grow and these little things that we don't deal with create that environment for more that's growth so right. more bitterness more unforgiveness that's so right so here's here's the challenge. How do we actually live this out? Because we may be sitting in a place where we feel like <laughs> all hope is lost on that relationship. I just need to apply this going forward in other ones. Look, God wants to heal the and set us free from the areas that relationships have been frozen in our past and in our present. But he also wants to set us up on doing things differently as we go forward, not to damage the future relationships that we have. Each of us has been offended, is being offended, and will be offended. Like it's past, present, and it's future. We also have offended people. That's right. We are offending people. Maybe this teaching is offensive. Who knows? And in the future, we know that we'll do it again. So regardless of where you are and you walk with the Lord, you need to you need to face these, these issues. So here you go. Somebody says something to you in this present moment that hurts you or hurt someone that you love. It's like there's a fork in the road and we have to make a decision. How am I going to respond to this? I can go down a path that I replay the conversation and the more I replay it, it gets bigger and more grandiose as as an offense in my mind. I can share it with my friend who needs to know how I've been hurt. I can post it, I can tweet it, right? right? whatever else you like to do on social media, but it's almost like, oh, I just need prayer. You have no idea what this person did to me. Yep. And you paint enough word pictures around the description that everybody else has a good idea. Yeah. They know who you're talking about. You can go down that road, which will only lead to a frozen heart. It will, it will tear down relationships. It will tear down um, communication. Yep. And it's like a poison that spreads in all these relationships around you. Or you can take these principles we're going to talk about, about forgiveness, and make a choice right there to choose to forgive the person for what they just did, Yep. right? And we'll talk in a few minutes about what that actually looks like, but make the choice to go down a road of forgiveness, not because they deserve it, not because they earned it, but because he forgave me first, that master that forgave my 20 years of labor. I am now choosing to extend a gift of forgiveness. Grace is extended like a gift, not because they even are asking for it, right? But because I want to remain in good standing with God. It's not, it's a fork in the road. You have to choose. And God will hold me accountable for what I do at that fork. That's right. I'm going to have to answer to that. That's right. I think also there, you 
it's your responsibility to forgive and obey and you trust God with the relationship, right? Not every relationship is going to be restored because you forgave, but your relationship with the father is going to be, you know, in good standing because you did what, what he commanded you to do out of a response for what, um, you know, what he's done for us. So it's, it's important to know because I, I think so many times when people hear a teaching like this, it's easy for people to say, um, but I've been so, uh, so hurt. I don't feel that I need to put myself in a position to be hurt again. Or what about uh, abusive situations or, or whatnot? You know, it's important to know what forgiveness is and what forgiveness is not. And forgiveness is not saying that something did not happen. And forgiveness is also not saying that you will never remember it again, right? Things will come back to our minds Mm -hmm. and things do happen and they are serious and they are grave and they hurt us. They offend us. They're real deep hurts. We're not saying when Jesus says to forgive that he's saying, excuse the behavior or make it seem as if it didn't happen. Um, It is saying that what was done against you, you will not hold against the other person. And that's just, it's such a key critical uh, piece here that you're not excusing the behavior. You are making sure that your behavior lines up with what God has called us to do. There's a visual that I just love. Um, you know, we don't want to continue when, when we have forgiven someone, we don't want to continue to hold something against someone. And when you look at the original language for um, for that concept, the concept of holding something against someone was actually as if you can picture taking a book, um, kind of holding it in your hands with your arms uh, outstretched in front of you with your elbows locked. And you take that book and, and you're looking at it and you kind of put it against somebody and you hold it there. And what happens like when you are holding that book against somebody, your elbows, they're not going to unlock. There's no way to bridge that gap between the two of you. But when you choose not to hold that book against somebody, then there's that space, there's that place where we're uh, giving permission to uh, to bend, right? That those elbows and whatever's going to happen, whatever the Lord has for that relationship, there's space for that. Um, we don't want to be women, men who hold something against somebody so that our elbows are so bent, right? There's probably something that would happen, a frozen elbow syndrome that would happen from that. Like there's got to be something that would happen to us when we choose to walk that way. Laura, you know, I have experienced this in myself where I get irritated with somebody. Um, I get hurt by something that they're doing, whether or not they're realizing that they're doing it, but I am making excuses for them yep. for the choices that they're making like covering for them because deep down I don't want them to, you know, I don't want anything bad to shadow on them, but it's hurting what they're saying, but I write it off like, you know, whether well, under a lot of stress, but you can be under a lot of stress and not be, you should not treat people that way. I've seen people make excuses for me, you know, well, she's had a lot on her mind, you know, but what it doesn't excuse the fact that I was insensitive to somebody. So we don't want to find ourselves making excuses for the one that has wounded us. You see that a lot when there is abuse in a home, you know, where there are, a kid wants so badly to just defend their parent, a wife wants to defend their spouse, but it's still wrong and and you can't cover for them. That's right, you know, it's another visual when we forgive somebody, like you were just saying, it's like we're taking them off of our hook, right? They're, they're no longer on our hook and we're placing them on God's hook. 
how many times do we say, I'm not taking you off the hook. I'm not taking that person off the hook. But we are called to take those people off of our hook and put them on God's. But forgiveness is also not saying that we are denying that we have been hurt or saying that a situation didn't hurt or um, saying that I shouldn't have felt badly because of what was done against me. There's uh, so much truth in here, you know, but forgiveness just really opens the door to allow uh, God to do his work, right? When we put that on, on his hook rather than on ours. There are, I think the key for breaking through to greater freedom in this area of forgiveness is understanding that there are two parts to forgiveness. It's interesting. The church at large, I think really emphasizes the first part, which is I need to make a choice to forgive the person who has wounded me. It's a choice. It's not, I've never woken up and gone, gosh, I just have this desire to forgive, you know, someone (laughs) like that. That desire does not come. There's a lot of things that God has asked us to do. He's commanded us to do that are not, we're not doing because we feel like it. We're coming because he first forgave purely because he was choosing to be obedient to his father because he loved his father and he loves us. Forgiveness always flows out of love now you may think why well, don't love that person well do you love the father that's right and if you're that's grateful for what the father has done for you it flows out of that place that's right right because remember the person who's going to be receiving your forgiveness is not deserving of it but neither that's right. was i that's right when jesus looks from the cross and he looked at debbie giever and he said i'm staying on this cross for her because i love her i want to satisfy that debt of her sin is a choice. That's the first part. I think the church does a lot of teaching on you need to choose to forgive. But the second piece is, and I think this is where the breakthrough really, the deeper the healing comes in your life is when you've been wounded and you harbor it, like it just sits there because maybe you don't know what to do with it. And maybe this, uh, the pain took place when you were younger and what younger child understands how to process such deep pain you know, apart from some good counseling. So it just sits there and it festers slowly. Maybe you try to cover it up. And then we talked about those triggers. It just starts coming to the surface. But we, that pain turns into, uh, you start stewing on it, you know, and then you begin to become very critical or judgmental of that person because you were the person that did this to me. And that grows in that environment to become a very bitter heart. And a bitter heart is a hard heart. It is a frozen heart. And that part needs to be dealt with. That's our issue. That is how we responded. Whether or not we were doing it volitionally, like we just, when you're young, you're just responding out of survival mode, but it's still there. And so that's the problem that I have now. That's my sin is that unforgiveness. And I need to pray at that point and ask God to forgive me for my part in the problem, which is holding on to bitterness and having a judging spirit. So it's two parts. I always, when I teach on this, I put up two fingers. I need to choose to forgive the person, right, that has wounded me. And I need to ask God for forgiveness. Now, if you're in a position where you know that you need to go ask forgiveness of a person that you've offended, maybe, maybe you have done something wrong right? Don't forget that piece. Don't say, well, they didn't mention it, right? Some, if I offend somebody, I need to ask for forgiveness because otherwise I'm putting them in a position where their heart can become 
hard and cold towards me. So what does this look like? Somebody offends you, then we go back to that fork in the road. I have a choice. I can choose to stay bitter. I can choose to allow this to affect generations and destroy. Or I can choose to, right there, make a choice to forgive. Don't wait like a week. Why leave the environment suitable for you know things right. to grow? And it would sound something like this. Like, Laura, let's just say you and I just had an issue, right? You, <laughs> yes. you hit me all the way from Tennessee, but you, you <laughs> said something that really, really wounded me. Mm -hmm. I would say this, I, I would pray this way, right? And I wouldn't say it to your face. I probably mm -hmm. just, between me and God. Mm -hmm. God, I choose to forgive Laura Pereno. It's not of help me to forgive, mm. right? It is a, I am making a choice to do this. God mm. will absolutely help me. I just need to do it. Yes. I choose to forgive you, Laura, for that insensitive comment that you made. It really hurt. It really hurt. And everything in me wants to like stew on it. But instead, I am giving you a gift of my forgiveness. Yes, what you did was wrong. And again, I'm not saying this to you. Right. I'm, I'm praying this. Uh, but I am not going to hold it against you any longer. Neither will I bring it up again. It's like it's gone. I don't want God bringing up my past sins. Mm. I'm not going to bring it up against you. That's right. Now, let's say I had not prayed that way and I allowed it to fester for a little bit. Now my heart's getting irritated with you and I'm testy with you and I don't want to really be around you. Then I need to deal with me. And so I might pray along this lines. Father, would you please forgive me for my bitterness, my judging attitude towards Laura? It, that's my issue. I place Laura in your hands, God. Yes. You be their judge. I have no right to stand in that place of judgment. But I ask for your grace and your mercy and your forgiveness. This second part is what becomes so freeing. I just don't think we think about it. You know, we just think, well, the hurt's just there. It's natural. The hurt doesn't have to hurt as deeply as it has in the past. God can set you free. That's or, right. You know, those triggers buttons can be pushed and it no longer pushes you over the edge. So that two part of forgiveness is life changing. Let me just, you know, I know that you have, you have something that's on your heart. I can just tell that you want to share, but let me just put this out there. When there has been prolonged abuse, deep, like sexual abuse, emotional abuse, mental abuse, I strongly encourage people go get some counseling, go get some like solid biblically based counseling. Let a counselor help you unpack the layers and layers of hurt. This is not a canned ham. Listen to a podcast and I figured it all out, right? Don't do it. Don't handle it like that. Go get the counseling. But on a lot of the stuff that pulls the relationships apart is not that big. It's stuff that these, you know, these truths that we're teaching about, you can walk through it between you and the Holy Spirit, right? You can deal with it. But I just don't want anybody who's really walked that really horrible road to think I got to figure this out by myself. That's right. Absolutely. And I think it all comes back to the onion, Debbie. Seriously, it really does. It, if we try to take all of the layers off at one time, mm -hmm. we are going to it's not going to be a, a successful uh, situation anyway. It is one 
piece at a time. It is a process, but it has to start out with really exactly what you just shared as far as a prayer. It has to start out with acknowledging that we choose to forgive the other person and then asking the Father to forgive us. There's such freedom. And I think even just to wrap up today, the one thing that was coming on my on my heart is God's word really has an answer for every situation that we walk through. And no matter what the struggle, no matter what the pain, Jesus just doesn't tell us forgive people. He shows us how to forgive. You know, you can look at the Bible and the Bible, you know, is progressive revelation. Jesus, you know, God tells us what to do. He shows us how to do it. And then he tells us how to live it out. You know, God put on flesh and Jesus came, you know, while we're actually recording this, it's during the Christmas season. We're celebrating right now the fact that God in flesh came here to walk among us, to show us how to do it, right? We have an example. The one who forgave us came here to show us how to forgive other people. And when we look at the word, we have exactly what we need to do. He tells us exactly what to do. And when we put these words into practice and we fall deeper in love with Jesus, even as we do it, our love response to the Father is that we will choose to imitate Jesus in our relationships with other people. And so really, the act of forgiving somebody else is an act of worship unto God. It's saying, Lord, I want to be like you. I want to have your character. I want to operate in a way that looks like Jesus in this world. And so I'm choosing like Jesus forgave to forgive somebody else. And I, I thank you that you forgive me in the very same way. There is nothing that we're facing today that we cannot go to the word of God for a solution. The deep places in our hearts that are hurt, the the things that offend us, God has an answer for every single one of these things. This this kind of teaching, Deb, and, and we, I've already used this phrase once, but this is a wow, mm-hmm. because these are the teachings that really bring us to a uh, just a greater sense of all that this God who forgave us so greatly and is asking us to forgive here on earth, this is the God who came to earth. This is the God who we love, who leads us in the paths of righteousness, who has a great plan for our lives. It just leaves me so overwhelmed that this is the God that reached down for me, you know, that reached down for you, that reached down to, for all of our listeners. We are that special and chosen and loved and blessed that he would come here for us. And now he asks us to operate in the manner that he did. He doesn't leave us without a game plan. He doesn't leave us without an example to follow. I just, I'm humbled by that and grateful. And it just makes me honestly want to operate like he did even more. So um, if you are somebody who is uh, struggling with the deep hurt, like Deb just said, you know, um, just the suggestion of, of good counsel is is a great place to start as you pray these prayers. But if you are somebody that we can um, bless in any other way, you know, you're always free to reach out to us. Our email is beyondwomensconference at gmail.com. If you know someone who's struggling uh, with unforgiveness, if that you just think that this is a message for you know all of us in this season, then we just encourage you to share this this episode with others. It's God's word, right? We want to get God's word out there, and so we would love for the community to grow in the way that He sees fit for this time. But as we are entering, um, you know, we're in a new year now. It's 2021, and we want to start out on the right foot. Mm-hmm. We want to start out in that place where we are 
unfrozen, where our hearts are not chained or, or frozen or experiencing bitterness. Let's start out January 2021, people who are free as we follow Jesus, um, free to forgive, understanding how freely we've been forgiven. You know, before we wrap it up, I just think of a quote from Corey Tenboom, who, if you've not looked at her life, check her out on Google, but she was a survival of the concentration camps back in the Holocaust. And she just said something. She said that uh, there is no pit that, you know, God is not deeper still. There's no place in your life that is so far away, that's so overwhelmed and so dark that he can't reach you. And so if you feel like you are locked behind a frozen wall, that you're so stuck, he can get to you. Like it's not so far. In fact, she has fa- she has fabulous insight on forgiveness because here is a woman that made the choice guard by guard in the concentration camps to offer that gift of forgiveness when every person in her family had been killed. So just, uh, just she just strikes me that as that encouragement, there's no locked place that you can be in that his love cannot reach you. Don't be discouraged. So thank you so much for joining us today on Beyond the Building. Uh, So from Laura Prano, Debbie Kiever, we love you. We appreciate you. Have an amazing rest of your day. We look forward to having you next week with us when we talk about how to walk out uh, being unfrozen. You know, you have to remember to stay in a place of being unfrozen. It'll be how to walk in recovery. So thank you, everybody. God bless you. Thank you. Bye-bye. We believe that God will use what was shared to encourage you as you step into the more that he has prepared for you today. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, remember, you were created for more.